Loss helps us define our lives. By allowing our grief to matter, we discover our own strengths and embrace our authentic selves. Welcome to Good Grief with your host, Cheryl Jones. Get ready to be inspired, to create a deeper life, to make your time on Earth much more meaningful. Now, here is Cheryl Jones. Hello, I'm your host, Cheryl Jones, and I want to welcome you to Good Grief, where we talk each week about the transformations that can come from loss. This is the second of four Good Grief shows about the Lavender Pen Tour, a tour through the South that took place in October 2017. If you'd like to hear more about the intersection of that tour with the subject of grief, check out my interview of February 7th, 2018 at the Good Grief homepage. Briefly, though, the tour came about in the aftermath of the 2016 election when marginalized communities searched for ways to respond to their own grief and fear. Today I'm welcoming David Charles, the director of a feature-length film about the tour, currently in post-production. David's a Greek-American-Brazilian filmmaker living in Los Angeles. At a young age, David lost his mother, who was his best friend, and ever since, it's been a goal of his to use this experience in everything he does. His work focuses on using creativity, art, and dreamscapes to tackle difficult subject matter, such as the Holocaust, human and gay rights, and creating reconsideration for death. Charles is a Sundance New Frontier and Documentary Lab Fellow and on the board of the Art Directors Club. The documentary about the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus and the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir Tour is his second feature film. He's also creating an original series with YouTube Red in collaboration with Disney creator Gary Baseman and Oscar-winning producers Stacey Schur, who produced The Hateful Eight, Django Unchained, and Pulp Fiction, and Vincent Landay, who produced Her, Where the Wild Things Are, and Being John Malkovitz. Welcome, David. Hi, how's it going, Cheryl? It's going well. I'm happy to have an hour to talk with you uh, again, I guess. (laughs) We've had some talking (laughs) along the line, but um, it's great to have you here. And I I wanted, you know, I guess it would seem kind of... um, uh, expected maybe that I'd wait till the film came out to have you on, but I really wanted to have you on now because, uh, you know, it's just a few months later, things are still fresh and, and I feel as if you had a view of the tour that you and your, your fellow, um, filmmakers had kind of a view of the tour. Nobody else did your, your crew saw so much. You were everywhere. Uh, so I really, I really thank you for coming on. Oh, of course. My pleasure. Yeah. Um, um, oh, please go for go, it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no. I was going to say, um, you know, the, a few weeks ago when we showed some of the footage, um, to, to, to the course members and, and yourself, um, one, one comment that stood out, it was a really simple thing. It wasn't, you know, it, it, it wasn't seemingly profound, but, um, it kind of touches on what you're saying of, of my perspective. Um, one of the members came up to me and, you know, he was very emotional and what he said was like, Oh my God, I didn't imagine how many of us were on stage because when you guys are on stage, you're just seeing the people next to you and the audience, and you're not seeing the true impact that you're having on everyone that's watching you perform. And for me, that was, that was a really um, simple but, but, but very telling and beautiful perspective to, to understand also how to tell this story from a, a very deep personal level where you're just seeing the people next to you, but also kind of zooming out and being able to see the larger impact that, it, that, it, that it's having on you know, the audience, but you know, hopefully on the country itself. That's the hope, isn't it? I mean, let's start with the fact that everyone who participated was impacted, as far as I know. Uh, I, I don't know how we would not have been. It was such such an amazing thing. And that's a that's quite a point, because I was, um, uh, you know, in the first row, and we came on at the end, so I really didn't see anybody. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, except I would occasionally, I mean, I certainly felt all those voices behind me. And that, that was an unforgettable experience right there. Just 300 voices uh, all going in one direction. Really an incredible feeling. Yeah, no, it's it's unbelievable. And I think that's that's one of my biggest challenges right now is to, you know, I really want to, you know, put the, the performances together in a way that feels more visceral than than just a normal, you know, tour or concert um, moment um, as if you're there, right? As if you're there experiencing all these all these human beings kind of giving everything they have you know, just to kind of grace the audience with, with their voices. And, and, and I feel like, um, you know, um, um, it's a, um, it's a challenge that I'm very happy to to tackle, but I, I, I really think that that's going to be my biggest responsibility is to, to do justice to, to these songs and to make people, you know, in theaters or at home feel at least an ounce of what you feel when you're, you're seeing, you know, both of both the San Francisco Gaiman's Chorus and the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir perform live and of course the the mission of that tour was unlike i mean for sure every time my choir tours we we are carrying a message of love and inclusion that's that's in the mission statement um and i and i'm sure there's something similar with the san francisco gay men's chorus and their mission but this was beyond. I don't, I don't even know how to say that in terms of actually um, conveying a, a mission of love in places where people were experiencing such intense non-love, uh, especially with the government. Um, less of that kind of in people's individual lives maybe than some of us would have thought. You know, there's there's really vibrant, active communities everywhere we went uh, that are working on inclusion and and um, the intersection of all these issues. But something about us coming together to do that was quite remarkable too. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you know there 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 was some controversy, and there probably will still be you know after the film is released around the idea of you know what really did happen, you know what. What, you know, were were there any laws overturned or were, you know, did you get a group of a hundred people that, you know, had God hate fag signs and converted them and whatnot? And, and, and honestly, you know, that wasn't, at least from my perspective, it wasn't the intent at all. You know, the intent was what actually happened was this coming together and, and this understanding that we all, you know, we, we all have different opinions or come from different places but we all want the same things, right? We all want to hug and we all want love and we all, all want our families and, and, and we all want togetherness. And I feel like mm. that was the true message that, that this tour brought to these people is, is that, you know, there isn't a promised land. There isn't, you know, you know, a lot of, a lot of LGBT people growing up in that area, you know, may think of San Francisco or some other areas as, you know, as a safe haven or a promised land. But, you know, honestly, it is it is easier, but it's it's in certain aspects it's it's just as hard and, and not harder, and and I feel like what their presence there did and what your guys' presence there there did with you know the allies and and and, and the in the activist communities the local communities was empower them and show them that what they're doing is the real change you know and and, and it was mm. more of an affirmation than than a transformation um, in in my opinion. And I feel like, um, I feel like, um, what was I going to say that, yeah, that the the big surprise was that, you know, things are are less, you know, red red and blue or black and white than we think they are, you know, And, and I think that's an important message to convey, you know, as we tell these stories is that we're all just people and, and, and if we're brave enough to just come together and to, you know, and to reach out, um, that things will be way more harmonious and, and accepting, you know, and, and we wouldn't be in this situation that we are right now. <laughs> and I yes. think, I think a big part of it is that we're just too afraid, you know, um, it was interesting because, you know, from a, at least from our crew perspective, the, 
the biggest prejudice that we found during the tour, you know, there were protesters and there were, you know, the expected things that you would think of, but the reaction of people hearing that we were from California was way worse than, than anything about <laughs> LGBT or, or, you know, racial issues or, or anything around that. <laughs> So, so uh, yeah, me, that's, I, that's, I heard tell of that, that, that there was sort of this, who are you to come here and whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, yeah. Which, of course, so is an important connection that needs to be made is, is you know, we, we, that's the real bridge is, 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 is the distance that we've created, you know, this, this conceptual distance that we created in America that, that needs to be just, you know, destroyed by actions like the tour that you guys did. Absolutely. You know, my my first wife, who uh, I honor with doing this show, that's part of, um, you know, her life and her death are honored in this show. But um, she was from Mississippi and she was an African-American woman. And um, she actually, uh, how did she put it? I guess she sort of said she preferred the racism in Mississippi to the racism in California, Um, you know, kind of case in point of what we're talking about that is just differently expressed, but she knew how to interpret that. Um, You know, she knew where she stood there in a way. So I think we can't assume things are better or worse in any place. But for me, a big part of going on the tour, of course, was to inspire myself and and give myself solace and use my voice productively all of those things that i think are part of responding to loss but it was also to to um give something you know to to give some encouragement uh which we can all use i think that's part of what you i think you're talking about yeah absolutely um uh, well answering two things. I'll answer the latter one first, where um, one of the members that I interviewed actually early on in the process before the tour, um, he said something that really stuck with me and, 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 and I think was really beautiful was, you know, he was talking about many, many years ago, he's been with the chorus for over 10 years. And um, the first time he went to audition, he, he, he went into this, you know, to their, their big rehearsal space, um, wherever that was, whether it's at a church or at um, a school. And he got there and he said he had never seen as th- that many gay people with the lights on, you know, and so, <laughs> you know, it, it's not some underground dark bar, you know, and, and for him it was a shock. And I thought mm-hmm. that was so beautiful and, and, and so telling of what the tour was and, and, and the true power and the true activist tool of the tour was literally just having that presence and being on stage and being a role model, you know, that you can be loud and proud and, and, and people will revere you and you'll sell out these houses and, and, and you can bring your, your magic to more people. And I feel like everyone who experienced that in the South, they're going to, they're going to bring that affirmation into their own lives, into their own communities and, 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 and stand up for who they are better. Um, and, and that kind of ties back to the first question where, I met this man, you know, we had several strange encounters during the tour and um, we randomly, you know, it's a longer story, but we randomly met with this um, African-American activist, this this person of color activist, um, who's actually now just a a vegan chef, but um, he used to be an activist in the 60s and he, you know, he fought in the civil rights and, and whatnot. And he said something in Jackson, Mississippi. And he said something that really, you know, kind of shook me too. He said, in Mississippi, you can be gay, you can be black, you can be Latino, as long as you give up a part of yourself. And, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like, you know, seeing all those men and, 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 and all these, those beautiful women and people of every single color on stage, um, you know, they're showing these places that they don't have to give up a part of themselves, you know, that they can, they can be their true selves and still be, you know, these, these, these people doing good and being successful and, and, and being in the spotlight, you know, and, and not in a, in a famous way, but being in the spotlight of their communities. And, and know, I feel like, like that's the, that's the true impact that the, that the tour had and that the performances and that you guys had. 
One thing that had a lot of impact on me that I didn't um, I didn't think of in advance. You know, everywhere we went, the tour was um, raising money for local organizations. We knew that in advance, and I think that's very powerful. It was usually four or five different local organizations that were working on um, issues of inclusion and protection and advocacy. But what I didn't realize that that was that local groups were going to open for us. And Mm -hmm. uh, I really thought that was powerful. You know, most of the choirs were a lot smaller, a lot newer, um, but they were they were giving powerful voice to what was going on in their communities. And that really impacted me. Um, Yeah, very much. Yeah, we got to sneak and, and, out and watch a lot of those, so <laughs> I got to experience it. Well, and, and on top of that, um, after the tour, um, the Jackson Gay Men's Chorus formed, and it's the first time that there's ever a Gay Men's Chorus in Mississippi, and it was all in, inspired by the tour, which is, is really cool. And um, before That's the such tour, a direct impact, isn't it, David? Yeah, I mean, that's they direct leave impact. and they exactly. start that. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, and, and what's cool is that traces back to the first American tour that the gay chorus had, like, I don't know, 38, 39 years ago, um, where apparently, you know, they, they, they did an American tour and, and the gay men's chorus was the first one in the, in the country, uh, if not in the world. And um, after that, several gay men's choruses around the country started popping up um, inspired by that tour. So, so it's really about, you know, just, just being present and being there and, and, and having an open heart, um, you know, for, for, for the community and empowering them to do their own thing. One, one question that I would always ask, you know, I interviewed these amazing people, you know, there's this wonderful trans female um, activist. She works for the ACLU and um, in Jackson, actually. And she's born and raised in Jackson. She's been trans since the 80s. Um, she's happily married to a wonderful husband. And she's ha- she has sheltered over 12 kids um, that have gotten kicked out of homes for being gay or trans or, 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 or lesbian uh, throughout the years. And, and, and one of the most, you know, one of the things I was most curious about was, you know, why why did you stay? Why did you choose to stay knowing that your life could have been so much easier if you left? Mm. And, 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 you know, and she, you know, she just said, you know, she, she disagreed with that in a, in a beautiful way where she said, no, my life, my life is here. And, you know, if I leave, there won't be people to help all these people that I helped in the future generations. And, and I think that's a big issue. I I think that's why we're in this mess as well is that, everyone who is a little bit more open-minded and, and who wants, um, you know, more inclusion ends up excluding Leaves. themselves of where they're from and, yeah. and going to either California That's a good or New point. York or, let's, or let's, Portland let's or wherever. Let's talk about that a little more after the break, David, because I think that is a major, um, I mean, that's why it's worth all of us fighting so hard for people to be able to live wherever they want to live, just so yep. that we're there for each other. Um, let's talk a bit more of that, about that after the break. And listeners, you can find links to my website and social media at the Good Grief page at Voice America. Please like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, Twitter all of that stuff, and uh, sign up for my, my email list. And to find David Charles, you can go to www.cargocollective.com slash David Charles, or you can find him on Instagram, Instagram at at Davidas, D-A-V-I-D-A-S. Be back soon. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Today's woman faces a stressful world when it comes to staying healthy. We are bombarded by media messages with contradicting ideas about fitness and nutrition. We need to keep our diet, relationships, and stress in check. It's time to get the right message and have the most fun. Join hosts Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus for Healthy View Radio. 
It's health and happiness in one show. Every Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind-the-scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, the why as well as the how, be sure to tune in each week. This show will inspire you to be healthy and happy for life, as well as become the best version of yourself. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN. The Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. This is your host, Cheryl Jones, and I've been talking with David Charles, a filmmaker who is directing a film. He's in post-production of a feature-length film about the Lavender Pen Tour. And, um, you know, during the break, we were just talking about then the um, – and before the break, too um, – having some p- impact on people being able to stay in places that are – considered less hospitable um and and i think what i noticed the most when i would talk to people in these different places is that there were strong communities but the services were very limited um you know support was more limited in most of the places um and um and so then i imagine this um this film you're making then gets to extend that message in some way. Hopefully it will be seen in these communities where we were and kind of reinfuse energy, um, give another gift, I guess. Um, but I just was wondering what it's like to, to watch, I'm assuming, hundreds and hundreds of hours of, of footage. Uh, what's that experience like for you? Yeah, we have over 250 hours of footage. And, you know, to be fair, our editor is the one who watches most of it. And and then we screen some stuff together and look through it. Um, But honestly, um, it it was such a, you know, a transformative experience for me, you know, filming it and being on tour and being with you guys. And, you know, we talked about this before, um, you know, at the, towards the, you know, during the tour or especially towards the end of the tour, it didn't feel like it felt like we were just one big family. Um, it didn't feel like I was documenting you guys, but I was like <laughs> capturing my family, you know, in, in motion. <laughs> Home movies. And, um, yeah, it's true. Kind of. <laughs> High production. And not, and not too. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, um, but, but it's, 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 it's just nice to, to, 
to be in that space again and to see and to pick up on the nuances and to, and to really learn new things as you go. And it's, you know, I think the, the good and the, and the challenge of this film is that there's just so many layers and, and, and I really want us to also not just, you know, highlight the big moments, but focus on the subtle moments that I think people, you know, I think those will really tug people's hearts and, and really show them, you know, this idea that, you know, the country is actually less divided than we feel that it is. You know, I want people to watch this and, and want to go visit the South, you know, and, 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 mm. and really, and, and go visit it, not in a sense of, you know, oh my God, I want to go save or help these people, but oh my God, I want to, you know, I want to meet these people and, and, and be with them and, and, and be a part of their lives, even as, if it's for a weekend or for a long week or, or whatever, you know, because it's such a, a beautiful, magical place and, and the people, and actually what was cool for me was that, you know, their values and, and how they are with each other and their food and, and, and their lifestyle, it felt more like, you know, I grew up in Brazil. It felt more like being in Brazil than, than being in America. Um, so oh, it was very relatable for me. That's and, interesting. Um, we had we had a yeah. ton of good fried chicken, for instance, right? There, yeah, I, it, it, it felt like maybe someone put out a, a fried chicken contest before we left because, <laughs> boy, every every yeah, place we wins. went, <laughs> yeah, better and better, know. you know, um, food. It took me yeah. back to my partner with her fried chicken because she, I, I didn't even try to make it for a long time because hers was so so good, you know. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you did uh, you go to the south with her when when you guys were? Yeah, we did uh, only a few times, but we went once when her um, when her father was ill. Uh, mm. She lived at, in Bay St. Louis, which is on the Gulf Coast. So uh-huh. it's maybe an hour from uh, New Orleans, and okay. um, we we went and stayed and got taken care of by her family when when my now twenty four year old daughter was one. Um, oh wow! So a long time ago, yeah. and that, I think that had been the last time I was in the South too. So uh, oh, wow! It was intense to be back there for sure. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit, David, because so many magical, what I have to call magical connections happened uh, around the tour. It just kind of was like a magnet practically for magic. That's how, how it felt to me. And um, and I know that magic also has you know practical um, components. So, for instance, um, when I first heard that this film was being supported by Airbnb, I thought, well, that's odd. <laughs> you know, I was very <laughs> surprised by it. And and I don't even know if I fully understand it now. But I thought that might be worth talking about because. Um, some very unusual connections happened in the uh, in the whole story of this tour, and that's that's one of them, and of course makes what you're doing possible. Yeah, I mean, I can't I can't really get into their involvement that much right now. Uh huh. All I can say is that you know the message of acceptance that the that the tour created. Um, was, you know, meant a lot to them and is very aligned with their values. And, and the, you know, and the possibility of re of meeting real people that may not have, because the people that are going to see the concerts are people that, you know, are either allies or families of allies or people that know what they're getting into, you know? Right. Um, but the idea of you staying at someone's home who has no idea why you're there, um, is something that was a, a big revelation. And, and, you know, we found moments that were, you know, of people that had completely different beliefs, but in the end, you know, it came down to that human element of, you know, we just all want to get along and, and together we can, you know, we can get through whatever differences we have. That's a, that's a very interesting thing. Cause I know every time, I mean, I'm, I'm completely out and, um, you know, don't try to, try to hide that I'm married to a woman ever. Um, and yet, you know, if I'm going to go stay somewhere that's not anonymous, 
I, I am usually thinking just a little bit. It won't stop me, but I'm always thinking just a little bit. Is this going to go okay? And yep. um, my wife, uh, my second wife, who I've been married to for uh, over 20 years, uh, is also a person of color. So there's always that element, too. Um, and so... Um, even if I believe it will most likely be okay, it will most likely go okay, um, it's, it, there's a little nervousness that goes along with um, being a marginalized person in the world, I guess. Uh, that certainly is less for me than, you know, um, LGBTQ people who are people of color as well. Um, but... Uh, so, so the idea that we might break that barrier a little bit or um, feel a little safer, just a tiny bit safer. And I mean, I know I have a different perspective on the South having done the tour. I've, I felt quite safe, to be, to be frank. I, I did not feel in danger. Uh, of course, we had great security, too. But <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I feel like, you know, these days danger is so random and, and you can't tie it to a place anymore. You know, it's, it's more, it's more almost serendipitous. Um, you know, uh, one thing we learned during the process of making this is that, you know, there's just as much gay bashing in the Castro than there is in the South, you know, mm. and, and although you can't be as open with your sexuality in the South, um, you know, there are more and more churches that are, really accepting and more and more, you know, especially after, you know, gay marriage was legalized, it helped, you know, which is a, it's a controversial issue because I can see the other side, but it helped, you know, normalize in the eyes of, of a more conservative community um, that gays are, are more accepted. But then, you know, at the same time, you know, I, I met this woman there who, you know, goes to a very extremist conservative church who I interviewed, and, and she said that, in Mississippi, actually, and she said that, you know, blacks and Latinos and everyone one day will be accepted in Mississippi except for people that are gay. So, so you'll, you'll still find those people. But <laughs> Yes, but I, I've had a lifetime sure. of being, being at the bottom of that inclusion spectrum. <laughs> you know, it is yeah. true that, that even people who... Yeah. Um, who can accept diversity. Well, for instance, uh, when Barack Obama was elected, um, Proposition 8 passed the same night, which was yeah. a, um, a bill to um, ban uh, same-sex marriage. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that the equation has changed a little since then, and I think... You're right, you know, it doesn't change hearts and minds for a lot of change, but it does influence people considering the issue, and, and changes do come about. I've noticed over, you know, uh, I came out in, in 1971, so over a long history, um, there is an influence um, when, when governments take, uh, take a step. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, one thing that the film is going to explore is, you know, how, how much the community has been affected since Trump became president. You know, there's so many horrible statistics and, you know, the, the deaths of LGBT community members, the discrimination from the trans military thing, like it's, it, you know, the discriminatory laws have been backed up even further you know, what people don't realize is that in 33 states in the country till this day, if you're gay or a lesbian or trans, you can be fired from your job or evicted from your home. You know, and for me, that's a, a way, it's a way more impactful or, or a way more urgent cause to fight for than even equal marriage. You know, although equal marriage is a beautiful thing and I understand its importance, but for you to be able to hold your job and to live anywhere you want is, is a little bit more pressing. And I feel like we can't we can't let our guard down, and we still have to keep fighting to to make sure that you know over time overturns. But then, in a larger, more human sense, you know, one thing that I really it was a real another cool discovery during this process is we interviewed you know from kids in their teens 
until, you know, older men and women um, that are part of the LGBT community. And, and the, and the difference is so immense, you know, for obvious reasons, but I think, I think the big next evolution of, of the acceptance process is really accepting the uniqueness of the community, you know, and, and it's not trying to normalize them and saying, Oh, you can, you can have the American dream or you can be in, in a perfect family, even though, you know, ha- in quotes, even though you're gay or a lesbian, it's more about, Oh my God, you know, who you are in the community you built and, you know, is, is a, is a beautiful thing, you know, and, and we're slowly yes. starting to see it, you know, through, you know, the trans community with shows like transparent or, RuPaul's Drag Race, even if it's funny, right. a little over the top, but you're starting to see it um, more and more like, you know, for me, a, a movie that did it so well was Moonlight, you know, that really, you know, showed the struggles and, and but the reality and also the beauty of, of growing up gay, you know, and, yes. and, and celebrating the uniquenesses of, of it versus, you know, trying to put it in a box, you know, I think that's, for me, that's the next big challenge that people will have is is saying you know you don't have to behave or act like straight couples you know you can just be yourselves and 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 be celebrated for that well and uh that that intersects which with an idea that that has compelled me some um which is that um you know I've I've thought for decades and decades about why marriage matters to me. Um, so that would be a whole other show. But yeah. uh, <laughs> but what what I was concerned about when it it legalized and I this caught me unawares was that one thing that was a real advantage was that kind of thought about committing to another person. Because it it can't it couldn't be done casually, you know. I had a yep. my wedding ceremony before it was ever legal, and thought yep. about why I wanted to do that, and made everyone else vow to me. <laughs> you know, we had the yeah. whole, you know, uh, it was extremely meaningful. But partly because uh, it wasn't a given. Yep. Um, and that sort of intersects with what you're saying that. Uh, we don't want to suddenly feel as if fitting in is the goal. Uh, belonging is great because that involves being yourself and being accepted. Exactly. Yep. Um, so I do. I I agree with you that the that equal rights doesn't mean sameness. It means yep. the right to be who we really are. Um, so I'm entirely with you there. And of course, there was an incredible diversity of ways of being LGBTQ and, and every other kind of human on the tour. You know, <laughs> there was yeah. uh, a wondrous diversity of ways to be human going on. And I hope that came across, too, to the people that were watching, that they, uh, could, look at, they could look at all of us and... and um, the message would be be yourself because that's what we were doing. Absolutely. And that definitely comes across and, and that's another, you know, big message of the film. Um, we went to this amazing youth center in, in North Carolina and, you know, I, I spent the whole day with these kids. They were probably from 14 to 18 and um, they all identified as queer and, and they almost treated being gay or lesbian, like a thing of the past. So it was such an interesting perspective and and they just want to be they they, they want to have the option of of being different things in different days you know um yes that's you know, so and, much and more think, common now yeah and, and not just with sexuality right like i have a i have a, a daughter and you know she actually just turned 21 which is insane but um i remember when she was a teenager and going to school you know, in my days, you know, if you had to choose, you were either punk or goth or a preppy or, or jock or whatever. And in her generation, every day they were a different thing. You know, yes. they, they literally went through that whole spectrum. And I feel yes. that it's no different for sexuality these days as well. And it's this permission for you to, you know, 
if if, if you want to be you, you know, do you. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. Hey, guess what, David? It's time for our second break. Can you believe it? Oh my <laughs> we'll God. come back to that <laughs> <Do> one <laughs> after the break. Listeners, you again, you'll find links to my website and social media at the Good Grief page at Voice America, and you can find David Charles at www cargocollective.com slash David Charles or David at Davidus on Instagram. Be back soon. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back to Good Grief. I've been talking with David Charles about a film that he is uh, the director of, about the Lavender Pen Tour, that I and 300 other lovely people went on uh, October 2017. And, um, you know, before I... Before I say goodbye to you today, David, I I just really want to leave some room to talk about something um, that's a part of your biography, which is um, the impact on this and other and other work you do uh, of of your mother's death. Um, of course, that stood out a lot to me when when I started to uh, get to know you more deeply in uh, getting ready for this show and moved me very much because of course that's um, that's the heart of this show really is that we take those losses and they and they then impact things going forward and I wondered if you could talk some about how that is for you how how she comes into things for you yeah absolutely I mean um, you know, to give a little backstory, you know, when I was 14, my mother was first diagnosed with cancer and then, you know, we fought for 10 years and it was very brutal and, you know, all you can imagine. And I was fortunate enough to, to be there with my dad, um, when she had her very last breath. And, and although it was the hardest moment in my life, it was also the most important moment of my life because after that, everything just became easy. And, mm. and although, although you think that you're losing something, I gained so much more, you know, and I gained my, my mother and in, in her entirety and she kind of came with me. So, you know, after she passed a year or two later, I, I moved from Brazil to San Francisco and I kind of restarted my life there or continued my life there, I guess. And everything I did, you know, things just were amazing and everything unfolded in the most beautiful way that I would never imagine, you know, to have happened. And I, I always felt like part of me doing it and part of me moving forward was the ability of inviting her to be there with me and, and witnessing and experiencing those moments, you know, because she had such a stunted life since she was, you know, she was 42 when she was first diagnosed um, at such a young age. And, and I feel like, you know, she's kind of coming with me, you know, to all the countries I'm lucky enough to go and film and, and all the crazy experiences I've had in my life. 
Um, I think that's, you know, one aspect. And I think another important aspect is, you know, I was, I was raised when I was born, I was born in Massachusetts into a Greek, my Greek family, which is my mother's family. And, you know, my father was there, but I was raised by four very strong Greek women. And, um, and then I moved to Brazil and I kind of lost that. So that was the first moment of loss of family. Mm. And then when I left, I lost my mother and then I left Brazil and I, you know, my father's still there. So I, I experienced loss of family in many ways. And then, you know, the other day I just stopped to think of all the different projects that I end up taking on and how in a way they, they don't connect to me directly. Like my first film, you know, was about the Holocaust in Western Ukraine and, you know, I'm not Jewish. Um, you know, this film about the lavender pen and I'm straight and, but what it really connects my, my true connection to them is, is more deeper than the, you know, than the hook, you know, it's, it's really about family, you know, the, the film, you know, the first film is about this incredible um, Jewish American artist who is, you know, going back to follow his father's footsteps and to reconnect with the ghosts of his family in this village in Ukraine. And then, you know, you guys on tour are, you know, just one, you know, kind of became this one big family. And even, you know, um, the gay chorus does this beautiful tradition that was very emotional for me, um, which is the Irish song. So every, every day before they perform, every time before they perform, they welcome the parents and the families of the members who came to see them. And they all go backstage and they sing this song, uh, welcoming them into the family. And, and then this new project I'm doing for YouTube is about, you know, it's kind of a fairy, a Tim Burton-esque fairy tale about this, about this girl trying to save her soul. And, and in a way, saving her soul reconnects her with her family as well. So it kind of all ties back to, to that idea of, of loss of family, but also re, re, reconnecting family and creating new families. Right. So ever since I, I created a new family, which is, you know, my friends and, 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 and the family that I have today. And yeah, so I think that's how, how it, it played a role um, in what I do. And, and, and it all, you know, kind of comes full circle and, and coming back to the loss of my mother and how, you know, you have to, you know, it's like when you go blind, you develop a, an amazing sense of, of palate, right. And your taste mm-hmm. buds are, Yes. Or just off the charts or you're hearing, right? And I feel like when you lose someone that meaningful in your life, you know, whether you're heartbroken or, 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 or you feel, you know, that someone that impacted you so much and someone who was a lifeline for you is gone, you have to develop other strengths in your life that, that turn into something, you know, even more beautiful than you would ever imagine. Mm, that that really moves me. The other thing I was thinking as you were talking is um, I was I was uh, when I found out that you had lost your mother at a young age, I was like, oh, that's why he can go there to those depths of emotion. You know, <laughs> it sort of made <laughs> sense to me. You know that um, I mean I've never been been filmed before really. Um, so I don't know how it usually is, but um, it seemed to me that all of you, but especially you, were very emotionally involved, and sometimes that's not how I would picture it, right? I would picture it yeah. as maybe more, more, a more objective experience somehow, um, but it, it I don't know. I connect that, like, not being afraid to maybe open our hearts. I know that changed in me. I got less fearful, weirdly, uh, <laughs> you know, during the time. Yeah. Uh, it's about the same amount of time. My wife was sick for 10 years before she died as well. Oh, wow. um, yeah. and, and so I think um, it, I can't even begin to calculate all the ways I was changed by that. But I, I resonate with what you're saying that um, not all – you know, not all bad ways, some some very meaningfully positive ways, which is the heart of this show that both can be true, you know? Yeah. I mean I think what it what it ultimately does is it helps you embrace fully embrace your vulnerability. You know, when mm-hmm. you're that close to death, you just learn how vulnerable and fragile life can be. 
and how that's also a very beautiful thing, you know, and, and, and once you embrace your vulnerability and your own flaws, I feel like you can just have fun. <laughs> you know, you can just like <laughs> life is a, a little freer. Well, I'm yeah, thinking life too. Is way I'm freer. yeah. I'm 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 circling back around to why the tour was called what it is, um, because uh, of course I lived in Oakland when um, Harvey Milk and and George Moscone were assassinated. And oh, wow. the first time the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus ever sang uh, as a group, ever performed publicly, was the, uh, at the candlelight visual, vigil after they died. And, um, of course, that was also, you know, a time really affected by AIDS. Um, so there's a lot of, um, to me, that that chorus has that underpinning as well of, of loss as part of its genesis and part of its meaning. Um, and for people that don't know, Lavender Penn, um, when they signed a gay rights initiative in San Francisco, Harvey Milk gave George Moscone a lavender pen to sign it with. Um, and I believe, if I'm right, that was not that long before they were assassinated. So... Uh, that's another intersection with with loss and this sort of uh, loving open heart uh, way of coming at things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't let love loss stop you. You know, you have to let loss enable you to to move on. You know, because that's what the people that are you know are leaving you know want from us. You know, they want us to to keep going and and to realize things that they weren't able to. Hmm. It's hard no. to follow that up with another comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm hoping that you'll come back when the film is done. Uh, oh, it's of it's been so wonderful to talk about it kind of in a in a raw way, you know. We're still in the tour in a sense. Um, it's still <laughs> totally. affecting us as if we just went yesterday, I think. But um, it would it would be great to see where we're at about it when this becomes a film that gets shared and um, talked about out there in the world. So I hope Absolutely. you'll come back then. Absolutely. Yeah. And just, you know, for, for who's curious about it, uh, our plans are for an early um, 2019 release. Awesome. Not too, not even too long. You're going to be working hard. So everybody, yep. you can find David Charles at cargocollective.com slash David Charles or at D-A-V-I-D-A-S on Instagram. Uh, and I hope you'll look him up. Next week, I'll have Marilyn Bennett and Gilbert Caldwell. Their film, From Selma to Stonewall, Are We There Yet?, connects the civil rights struggles of African Americans and the LGBTQ community struggles. They joined us in Alabama and walked the Edmund Pettus Bridge, as Caldwell had done with Dr. Martin Luther King. This has been Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. I look forward to being with you again next week for another meaningful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for Good Grief. Please come back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Cheryl Jones, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a meaningful week. Abre mi corazón.